Hey, dear saints, you're listening to Preaching Christ Crucified on Double-Edged Sword. Sermons from Pastor Kilgo, preached at Redeemer Lutheran Church in Lawrence, Kansas. We pray that as you hear God's word, you would be strengthened in faith and love and rejoice in the joy of the Lord's promises and kindness. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints, Jesus says, For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. One of the temptations in reading this text, especially in the parable that Jesus tells at the end, is that Jesus is talking particularly about table manners. Jesus is teaching us how to like go downstairs to the potluck or whatever. It's maybe why like everybody waits for everybody else to get in line. But what Jesus is teaching us is instead significantly more important than table manners, though table manners probably do flow out of this. Jesus is teaching us about who we are and who we are to be. One of the most devastating effects of the fall, it turns out, is that we carry with us, on account of it, this innate pridefulness. We think much better about ourselves than we actually should. We believe innately that we are good and that we deserve eternity simply because of who we are. That is the opposite of humility. That attitude is looking at God and declaring to him that if he does not give you eternal life, then he's not paying attention. He's not looking at who you really are that he's not judging fairly and properly. After all, I'm a good person and good people go to heaven. And so Jesus runs right up against this idea and he declares to us, whoever exalts exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. We maybe want to pay attention when Jesus says this sort of stuff because he doesn't say it just for no reason. And as it turns out, this is a pretty common theme within the scriptures, the the contrasting between the humble and the proud. And so just a few of the the texts maybe to kind of drive this home. Solomon declares in Proverbs, one's pride will bring him low, but he who is lowly in spirit will obtain honor. The prophet Ezekiel says, thus says the Lord God, remove the turban and take off the crown. Things shall not remain as they are. Exalt that which is low and bring to low that which, that which is exalted. St. James writes, But he gives more grace, therefore it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. First Peter, Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, he may exalt you. The psalmist who says, For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he knows from afar. Or in the Magnificat, uh, if you don't know this, the Magnificat kind of sets the entire theme for the Gospel of Luke and really for kind of how to read the scriptures broadly, where Mary confesses, He has cast down the mighty from their throne and exalted those of lowly estate. He's filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent empty away. We had this same sort of idea in our epistle reading. 
I therefore, prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit of the bond of peace. And so Jesus is here in all of these and many other texts reminding us that he is particularly interested in taking those who are proud and bringing them low and taking those who are humble and building them up. And we can maybe summarize this whole idea in the scriptures, this whole teaching in this way, that pride is punished, humility is rewarded, and this is because everything ultimately comes to us as a gift from God. So Jesus tells this parable of the master coming into the feast and everybody's been taking the, the high spots. They've been taking the really good seats. This is kind of like if you go into a, a, a concert, you want to sit right up front, right? So you can see the band, you can hear everything, or maybe you don't. If you don't really like the band, you sit in the back. But normally you take the good seats, right? You get there early so you can get the good seats. So that, that's what Jesus is talking about here. All these people are taking the good seats from themselves. And then what's coming, the master comes in. And he says, why are you sitting there? Go sit over there by the bathroom or something like that. Right? And this is what Jesus is warning us about, but he encapsulates the entire thing with this statement, this exhortation, that those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. It's more than just where you go to sit at dinner, more than where you go to sit at a concert or something like this. And what's happening here? And maybe the reason why we don't particularly like this text when we read it very clearly is that Jesus is, in fact, assaulting the Pharisees and also us. He's assaulting our very flesh here and how we like to think about ourselves. That we think on one hand that we are better than other people, and we think on the other hand that we are good enough for God. And there are two traps here of our sin. And you can see this. We've talked about this before. Go, go around, ask people out on the street, ask them this question, will you go to heaven when you die? And if they say yes, ask them why. And the most common answer you'll get is because I'm a good person. Or if people maybe want to back off of that a little bit, I'm mostly a good person. Or if they want to back all the way up as far as they can while still holding that idea, they'll say, I'm better than most people which is all ultimately the same thing. I'm good enough for God. Now, there, there's a way that we can get at this sort of pridefulness that we have in all of us with a couple of different questions. So something bad happens to us, like you get in a car crash or something like that, or like everything falls apart at once in your, in your home, and you say, why is this happening to me of all people? God, don't you know how good I am? Why are you letting all this stuff happen to me? And it is this assumption that, one, we are good and we deserve something better, and two, maybe we should recognize this when we say, why is this happening to me, that we assume it should be happening to somebody else, just not me. Right? The, other, the other way to kind of get at this is to look at our neighbor who's always helping us, Always, like, you know, we go on vacation and they just come over and mow our lawn or something without us asking. There's a nice neighbor, a good neighbor. And then we look at them and we say, how could someone like that be condemned to an eternity of hell? That doesn't seem right. He's a good guy. 
This shows up as well in uh, some of the preaching you'll get in, in churches periodically, that we are ultimately brought into heaven or into the resurrection through some sort of works of our own. We don't call them works, but that's ultimately what it is, either because I've prayed a certain prayer or because I've given my life to Jesus or something like this, something that I have done, thereby earning God's favor. And all of this is the sort of pridefulness that ultimately clings to us, every single one of us. And it's what Jesus is striking at. The one who exalts himself will be humbled, and the one who humbles himself will be exalted. This is why the law is particularly and perpetually important for us, not just because it shows us the sinful things that we've done. It points out the things that we've done or left undone that are sinful and need to be repented of. That's good, and we do need that, and there's plenty to be pointed out there. The other thing that the law is doing that is immensely important is it's simply pointing out who we are, that we are sinners by our very nature, that sin clings to us ever since the fall of Adam and Eve, that the law shows that our sin is not just what we've done or left undone, but that it is embedded into our very nature. It's who we are. It's this question, do we, do we sin because we are sinners, or are we sinners because we sin? That's the first. We sin because we are sinners. It is the product of who we are. The law comes along and shows us that there is this infection that we have that makes us wicked before God and thereby deserving of his eternal wrath. Every single person does not matter who they are. And the reason why we have to know this and confess this and believe this is because doing so is, in fact, humbling yourself before God. To stand and say before God, and before man, that I am a poor, miserable sinner, that I've sinned by what I've done and left undone, that I've not loved either God or my neighbor, that I have deserved the Lord's punishment, both temporal and eternal, that sin clings to my nature and it makes me repugnant to the one who is holy and despicable to the one who is perfect. That is to humble yourself and to be humbled in the presence of God and in his sight. And this has another name for it, repentance. So what repentance is? Jesus isn't teaching us about good manners. He's teaching us about humility and repentance, which is certainly one of the places where good manners flows from. Because Jesus doesn't do what he should with those who have humbled themselves. This is kind of the, the great twist about all this. When we realize who we are, when we confess that we deserve nothing but eternal punishment under the mighty hand of God, when we say, Lord, you should send me straight to hell, to the fires of eternity, to the place of weeping and gnashing of teeth where the smoke goes up forever and ever, Jesus exalts the lowly. He raises up the humble. It's not quite what we expect to have happen. And it's certainly not what we deserve, which is what makes it so beautiful. When we finally find ourselves brought low in this confession, 
of this sinfulness, we find ourselves next to another one who has also humbled himself. When we finally realize exactly what it is that we deserve, we see most clearly Jesus, the one who is born of a virgin, born under the law to redeem those under the law. We find the one who has humbled himself, even to the point of death, even death on a cross. We find the one who has humbled himself so that he would be beaten and stripped and spit upon and mocked and nailed to a cross and abandoned by his father. We find the one who has humbled himself to take upon him all of your sin and the entirety of the wrath of God which it deserves. When you find yourself humbled under the mighty hand of God, you also find a friend in the humbled one of Jesus, the one who abandoned everything for your sake, who though he was rich, became poor, that you would be made rich in him, the one who emptied himself of everything that he possessed so that he could fill himself with you. And so Jesus, who is in this parable, the master of the feast, says to you in your humility, come up higher. And not just come up higher, but friend, come up higher. Lord, I've sinned. I've not loved you. I've not loved my neighbor. Friend, move up higher. Lord, I've forgotten your name, and I have cursed, and I have blasphemed, and I have lied, and I've hurt my neighbor. Friend, move up higher. Lord, I am dying. I am dead. I'm in the grave. Friend, come up higher. I am a poor, miserable sinner. Friend, I forgive you all your sins. Move up higher. In the name of Jesus, amen. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to Preaching Christ Crucified on Double-Edged Sword, sermons by Pastor Kilgo at Redeemer Lutheran Church in Lawrence, Kansas. We'd like to invite you to join us for church, Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We also have Bible study at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings and at other times throughout the week. Please visit our website at redeemer-lawrence.org for more information. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.